Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, February 6th. We are here live. It is a free-for-all. We have no guests today. Uh, we don't really have a theme. I have a bunch of odds and ends I'll probably talk about till we get some phone calls in. But today is really all about you and what you want to talk about. So pick up the phone and join us. Phone lines are open, 855 855- Nine five zero three eight three five. We'll get to those calls here in just a couple minutes. We've got a lot going on this week. I've got some announcements I want to let you know about. Also on Friday, uh, right at the open of the show, we had a uh, uh, technological issue. Our system here um, is still too complicated. We had to hack together a bunch of different programs, and the problem with it being so complicated is there are too many things to go wrong. We have too many pieces of software trying to work together. And it seems like almost every one of our technological issues comes right after an update. So I think I'm going to have to get better at doing the updates when I still have plenty of time to go in and test everything. Um, Our system will eliminate a lot of this. One, it'll be our software. Um, But two, we won't be trying to make so many things work together where one little update seems to throw everything off. We did do a show on Friday. Um, We had Joel and John and Henry. So we did a show. Uh, We were hoping it got recorded. So... Uh, Aaron's checking on that this morning. We have multiple backups and on recordings, and at least two of those backups failed because of the, the software glitch. So we're checking on our third plan C, uh, and we'll let you know if we have that show or not. It's actually a really good show. Um, so we'll see if we can get that up. And we continue to work on getting our own software done Uh, I would love to be able to focus on the show and not the technology all the time. Um, We're working on that. So something else going on. Um, This is really kind of a destination health topic, but we're short on time with this. So I want to mention it today and let you know what's going on. Um, Dr. Wolfson. Um, Dr. Wolfson and I spent some time together um, down in Vegas at an event. It was uh, great to get to meet him face to face. We spent quite a bit of time together, worked on a bunch of plans. One of them um, is happening right now. Dr. Wolfson is doing an online summit. Um, Dr. Wolfson and 30 other health professionals. You've got all kinds of people in here. Lots of people we know, a couple people who have been on the show before, all got involved in this summit. They put this together. Uh, It actually... The summit is seven days long, so it's online. It's seven days. There's over 30 health professionals. They're covering a ton of topics, but the theme to this event, I just love the theme to this event. Uh, I think I just said this the other day. I'm going to turn 60 this year. I'm actually kind of excited about it. Um, But then I got thinking, you know, I want to make it to at least 100. So... That's been my theme lately. And then when I got to talk to Dr. Wolfson, he told me about this conference. Uh, the theme of the conference is your path to the hundred year heart. 
So if we're going to live for 100 years, we have to keep our heart healthy. That's really kind of the, the key to our health, really, is our heart. You know, if we keep our heart healthy, if we do all the right things to keep our heart healthy, the rest of our body seems to follow. All the other problems seem to follow heart disease. Heart disease is a really good indicator of where our overall health is. Uh, it, it's re- I, I could spend the entire hour um, going through everything you're going to learn here, obviously, if it's seven days long. Here's the interesting thing. It's free. Yeah, it's free. You can watch all of this content online. So here's the easiest way without me spending a ton of time on this right now. We may talk about it more on Wednesday, although Wednesday's pretty busy. We've got a guest again this week. So go check this out. The easiest way is just go to our website, letstruck.com, and you will see the banner right there on the top with all the information. Just click on that. You can't miss it. Um, Just Click right there, register for your free spot. Seven days of content, really, really good content. Now, here's the other thing. We, um, we really love our partnerships, whether it's on business or money or health. Our partnerships really help us help you a lot more. We can really serve our tribe better because of these partnerships. So I spend a lot of my time um, building these relationships and these partnerships, and they have brought us a lot of good content, good information. Um, think of some of the guests, you know, that we have coming back all the time, Dr. Davis, Dr. Wolfson. Um a lot of good content and programs come out of these partnerships for us. So we like to strengthen those partnerships. This is a perfect opportunity to do that because I'm not asking you to spend any money. Now, occasionally we do come to you, support our store, support our partners. We ask for that. This time I'm not asking for any money. Sign up for this. See what you think. You get to see it all online. Yes, they're going to try to sell you stuff. That's what these these summits are about. They put out a ton of good information and they make a lot of that information free. And then if it's good, they're looking to sell you more of the program, more content. But the initial sign up and the, to be able to watch the seven days of content will cost you nothing. And... Dr. Wolfson has other partnerships. This is how, you know, the whole holistic health world works, really. We use a lot of partnerships and social media to get our word out because the mainstream media isn't going to cover the kind of stuff we talk about. In fact, that's one of my topics today. Um, It's hard for us to get the word out in the natural health world. We don't have, you know, big pharma kind of money behind us. So we do a lot of this kind of um, partnering with other practitioners, and we've done them in the past similar, remember, our stacks, what a great deal those were. The stacks were just awesome. You got tons and tons of content for a small price. This is a lot of content free, so go check this out. But my point 
the stronger our partnerships are, the more we can create with those partnerships and the more new partnerships we can create. We do that by bringing value to our partners. Bringing value in this case is getting as many eyeballs to sign up as possible. That's what this is about. We're not trying to trick you into anything. This is just a a model that's really worked. Give away a lot of content, just like we do here, and then give the ability to invest in even more and support us. And that's really what we're doing here. But all of you, whether you want to spend any money or not this time, you can help support these kinds of partnerships. Just sign up. It's free. Check it out. There's really good information. Don't just sign up and forget about it. Sign up and actually go through the material. It's not going to cost you a penny. But it's good for all of us. Builds our relationships, um, strengthens our, our partnerships, and allows us to bring more and more of this kind of stuff to you. So help us out. Go to the website right now, letstruck.com, and click on register for my free spot. I want to make sure we are the number one referrer to this program. So not only does that strengthen our partnership with Dr. Wolfson, but there's 30 plus practitioners in here. Many of them I haven't had any contact with. This is a whole new list of practitioners we can start looking through for guests. Let's support them. Let's show them the power of the Destination Health Tribe. Let's get everybody signed up for this. Head on over to letstruck.com and get that done. All right. Calls are starting to come in. I did have a, you know what? I think I'm going to hold all of my material. I had a ton of stuff to talk about today, uh, but calls are coming in. So maybe I'll use this and do a uh, recorded commentary this week. So let's go to the phones. I'll come back to this material if, uh, if the calls dry up. But if you want to jump in and join us, it is a free for all. Anything goes 855-950-3835. Before I go to the phones, I am going to talk about kind of what my theme of today's material was. I have a lot of material today, Uh, a couple themes actually, but this was the big one. What I'm noticing about what's happening in our society, and it's getting worse instead of better. The, The problem in our society right now, in fact, it may be one of the biggest problems we're facing because it affects all of the problems we need to deal with. And there seem to be a lot of them today. But here's the the biggest roadblock to that happening, to us really making improvements in these areas. And the problem is, God, I I don't even want to use these words. Um, I'm not going to use those words. The problem is what we see as far as news and information every day is just not reflective of reality. What we see in the news every day is not the reality of what's happening in our lives every day. I don't know how it happened so fast, but media was always the group that was supposed to protect us from the government. Reporters good reporters. And this this wasn't that long ago, just a couple of years ago, it seemed like. Good reporters always wanted to go after the government. That's what that, that was like what drove them to, to make sure the government wasn't lying to us. And it seems like just overnight that somehow changed. 
And the media is now part of big government. It's, it's just really kind of bizarre how fast that happened. Well, then we have social media. Well, that should have been fine. That's, that's us. That's the people. Well, we didn't realize that the social media companies were part of this. And what we're seeing on social media isn't the reality of what's happening every day. Half of the information is is covered up where they at least attempt to cover it up or suppress it. We know it's happening. We have so much proof of it now. That that so the mainstream media is biased and it's really hurting the country. Social media is biased with now the exception of Twitter. And that's really hurting the country. Something else I just started talking about last week, and I can't believe in in one week I've lost all hope for this technology really being any good at all. I was a little leery of it anyway, but now I know. Uh, And I'm glad I guess it happened so fast. Um, Artificial intelligence. I talked last week about chat GTP coming out, GPT. I think I get that backwards half the time I say it. Um, This artificial intelligence chat bot, you can ask it questions or you can ask it to do things, to write content. And it's pretty incredible. It it writes really well. Uh, It writes good content, interesting content, gets all the grammar and punctuation correct. It's all original content. It doesn't plagiarize or copy and paste. It creates new content. If, if I ask chat GPT to write um, an article about uh, a healthy diet, it will do that. Pretty interesting stuff, but I'm already in just one week totally disappointed with where we're going with this technology. I guess I didn't think of this. I don't know if anybody thought of this because I don't remember in all the articles I've read over the last decade about artificial intelligence, I've been following this for a while. I don't remember anybody mentioning this. I never thought about it. The fact is, artificial intelligence is going to be just as biased as human beings And the bias already that we're seeing, unfortunately, look, and I wouldn't be any happier if the bias was to the right. I don't want this. uh, Information should not have a bias. We should be able to access information in just its raw form without a ton of opinions and spin and hiding things. But that's not what's happening. The same thing that has happened to the mainstream media and social media is now happening to artificial intelligence. It is. It already has chat GPT. Now, here's the other thing. Think of artificial intelligence, I guess, I hate to use this comparison, but it's, we have to. It's like a human being. And no human, two human beings are alike. So... When we say artificial intelligence, what we're really trying to create is human intelligence. We're trying to get machines to think like humans. Well, I don't know why this didn't dawn on us. All human beings are biased. Every one of us. 
So artificial intelligence is going to be biased by default. And unfortunately, the first version that we get to interact with is heavily biased to the left. I've done a bunch of experiments. Um, A lot of other people have done a bunch of experiments. I've actually been spending way more time on this than I wanted to um, because it's here and it's happening and it's, it's relevant. And there, there may be some potential to use artificial intelligence to do what we do better. I mean, that's my interest. Well, I have two things I'm interested in. One, can we use this technology to improve things? That, that's my first interest. Is this something, a tool we could use to do what we do better? Second is to make people aware of some of the problems this is going to create. Not may create, it is going to create. But here's the biggest thing I want to get across to people now that we, it, it, like I said, we had about a week. I've, I've been playing around this with this for about a month. Um, I actually found out about this at the last conference. I was at the health conference in Vegas, and I started playing it ar- around with it a little bit on that trip. And then I got back and got busy uh, and just got back to it again last week. And I've been asking a lot of other people to go play around with it. And I've you know, been working with a, a couple other health practitioners on this. And unfortunately, the chat GPT on the health side is politically, it's very, very left leaning already on the health side. Same thing. Um, It it actually praises pharmaceuticals. It uh, demonizes the carnivore diet and the keto diet. It praises the vegan diet diet and the vegan way of life. And, you know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, look, see, even artificial intelligence agrees with us on these things. Well, no, it doesn't. Artificial intelligence was created by humans. And it will be created by humans and it's controlled by humans. We are going to end up with We're already there. In one week, we are already here. This is already politicized. You are going to have your preferred chat bot because it thinks more like you do politically. So chat GPT is obviously a a, a left-leaning robot or bot or whatever we want to call it. it, It doesn't take much time to go prove this. Pretty clear, really. I mean, there are uh, dozens of examples where people ask it one question and then ask it a very similar question or an identical question about a different person. It is clear you can see the left-leaning bias here. So I'm sure at some point, just like now we have, you know, Rumble and um, Mastodon, now we have social media sites that are uh, biased and we have news that is biased. You know, you you can watch the mainstream media or you can watch the the tiny sliver of right-leaning mainstream media, Fox being the biggest, OAN, Rebel News, Epoch Times. They're, They're out there. They're just not very big. I have a feeling you're going to see the same thing here because unfortunately, the big tech companies are controlling this and the big tech companies we know are all very left leaning. 
So we are going to see an explosion of these early chatbots are probably going to be heavily um, progressive in their answers. So just be aware of that. I'm sure at some point we may see uh, some alternatives. I have been spending way, way too much time on, on topics like this, and I've also been spending a lot of time on Twitter. And uh, the timing wasn't good for me, but it was kind of necessary, or, or at least it was what I thought the right thing to spend my time on right now, um, mostly because I just want to support Elon Musk with Twitter. And I know people might think, oh, big deal, like, like me being involved is going to make some difference in this, but we can't think like that. I've been encouraging everybody, go support Twitter right now. Not because it's Twitter, not because it's, you know, going to be the greatest thing ever. It, it's it's social media. It's there. The reason I want people to support it, it is our first little glimmer of some transparency and um, freedom of speech in social media. And we need it bad. We need to support this. So... I've been spending, like I said, too much time on there. We have way too many projects. Did we just announce yesterday we're not going to Louisville this year? Uh, so I, I, it's tough for me to spend as much time on there as I have, but there are some good reasons for it. For the most part now, I need to get back to our sites, our programs, our projects that need done. But really, if you are in favor of more free speech, and less censorship, go support Twitter. It, just for that reason alone, if nothing else, just go support it for that reason alone. Um, I, the the funny thing on Twitter now, the blue check mark is kind of becoming a, um, a dividing symbol. So I was never on Twitter before, so I didn't have a blue check mark. I, I was on there, I just wasn't active. Um, this time, and again, Elon Musk came out and said, look, the blue check mark verifies we know who you are. We verified you are the person you say you are to eight bucks a month. Um, I paid for it. it. There are actually people that criticize you for that now. Oh, look, you have one of those blue check marks. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, so, you know, when I say I am who I am, that I am. I am what I am. Popeye. Um and eight bucks a month, come on, I'm supporting Elon Musk in the fact that he is the only person I know in big social media right now that is supporting freedom of speech. So think about that. Help me out with that. All right, let me see if I had anything else before. we. Go. Well, I have a ton of stuff, but like I said, I think I'll just do a recording on it. Um, all right, let's get to some phone calls because they're starting to pile up here. Let's go to Oklahoma. Billy, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Uh, just got a couple of questions for you. I'm, I'm looking at two trucks and uh, tell you a little bit about my operation. I, I haul flatbed about a 500-mile radius of Memphis, Tennessee. My gross weight is probably averages 60,000. Uh, I I come back empty, so it's uh, it's a dedicated run. So fifty percent of my uh, my hauling is empty. Okay. Uh, the first truck is a D is a DD fifteen with a DT twelve auto ship two four seven years. It's got duals on it. 
And um, the lifetime average, I got them pull the D-Day report, the lifetime average is 6.47. It's got 47% idle time. Yikes. Uh, the second okay, so sub, let, let's stop yeah. right there. Let's stop right there. Okay. Given today's emissions and the problems we have with emissions, and, and we're not as afraid of emissions mm-hmm. as we used to be. We understand them now. We know what things make them work better. We know what things are not good for them. So we're still leery of them. We're, we're not afraid of them, but we're still right. careful. I would immediately eliminate a truck with 47% idle time. I don't care what else is good about it. Gotcha. Let me also give you, I kind of turn this decision upside down. I make this decision backwards from the way everybody else does. And I do this in a lot of areas, not just buying trucks. This is one example. Almost everybody... Mm-hmm. When they start to go buy a truck, they look for the truck they want to buy, right? Right. Well, of course we do. That's logical. I don't approach it that way. Sure, I'm trying to get to the truck that I want to own, but I do it in a different way. Every time I look at a truck, I work as hard as I possibly can to find a reason not to buy it. That's my goal. When I'm looking at a truck, I I like challenge myself. Find a reason not to buy this truck. And as soon as you find that reason, then move on. And guess what? When you get to a truck and no matter how hard you try, you can't think of a reason not to buy it, then that's the truck to buy. Gotcha. So in this case, it was easy. You You did the right thing. You pulled that ECM report. You got more information. We can also pull a rig dig report early. And, and we may be able to eliminate right. a truck quickly. That's our goal. Either eliminate this thing quickly, right. don't waste a lot of time or money on it, or find the right truck. So here, you did the right thing. You pulled the report. We looked, 47, 47% idle time. It's going in the trash. I'm not going to take 10 more seconds gotcha. on this truck. Just move on. Okay. Well, on the second truck, this DD13, DT12, it's 2.28. It's got the super singles, 7.6 lifetime average, 15% idle time. What, what, is, what, what would you expect me to get out of that truck doing what I do? 60% gross, 60,000 gross, 50% loaded, 50% since, empty. Since this is a dedicated open deck, what does the freight look like? Is it the same every time? Not the same. It's but it's usually not over about five foot tall. Uh, it's it's uh, long rolls of rubber sheeting, and sometimes we will get some pallets. I so got it. Okay. It's sometimes it can that's, look a little bad, but most of the time it's not too bad. That's fairly aerodynamic. I mean, for a flat deck, you know, load, that's not a bad load at all. <sighs> You've got an operation where I honestly think I could beat most people pulling a van in your operation. It, right. How, how, uh, is this contract freight? Do you have a contract on this? Yes. How long absolutely. is the contract for? Right. Well, it's, I'm leased to Mercer and, and I can't tell you exactly how long okay. the contract's for. Got They've it. got a contract. Well, but it, I think they sign it yearly. Well, you just answered my question. It it doesn't really matter because you technically don't control this freight. Mercer does. Mercer could pull this from you at some point. Here's what I was getting at. And 
I'm more of a risk taker than most people in an opera. If somebody, if I had this freight right now, and I know we can't guarantee it's not going to keep coming. I would have to think long and hard. I would seriously think about building. <sighs> Let me think how we could do this with the least amount of risk. Um, see, I, I, I've always wanted to build a four axle setup instead of five axles. To uh, uh-huh. And, you know, yeah, you've got to be careful with weight. I, although on paper... I've been able to build a four-axle truck and trailer combination with a spread. The trailer's going to have a spread. I've been able to build this where uh-huh. we can scale almost every load that everybody else scales. you got to get the tractor really light. you got to get the trailer light. We actually would do a true single-axle tractor, a four-by-two, not a six-by-two. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. So we'd be able to scale your... You said you're normally about 65000 We could easily scale that on four axles yes. if we build the truck right. And then right. you're empty coming back. Yes. I would be shooting in an operation like this, I would be shooting for the 9 to 10 range. Right. And is that what's the truck you're talking about building or this truck that I'm looking at? Uh, the truck you just described is a good enough start that I could do it with that truck. I mean, right. I, that, it, I like the DD-13. I want the smaller engine. You've got the, the, uh, uh-huh. the, um, the, the, the uh, gear down on this or the, the, uh, the slow down on this, uh, decent gears. Uh, this is a nice uh-huh. setup, I think, for what you're doing. So we have the right specs. Now you still go through all the other stuff on this truck. You know, let's make sure it, it wasn't right. in a flood somewhere. Let's make sure it hasn't crashed three times. Let's, you know, make sure there aren't any title brands on it. We can do all that kind of stuff through Rig Dig. You've already pulled the ECM. It, uh-huh. it sounds like we've got good information in the ECM. This is a truck I would be very interested in, and I think I could build this to a nine mile per gallon truck in your operation. Okay. Uh, one other question. Uh, it, do you mind if I tell the company it came from? No, that's fine. Go ahead. It's an old Maverick truck, okay. and and I had a salesman tell me that Matt, now this is what he said, I don't know if Maverick actually said it or not, but he said that Maverick claimed that they get about a quarter of a mile better with the super singles, and I know what you said, it's, uh, the best super single rolling resistance compared to the best dual tire rolling resistance, is a quarter of a mile possible? Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me give you the the formula we have worked out over the years. Worst case scenario, I still think we have tires on the market that are 150 on rolling resistance. We also have tons of tires on the market that are in the 100 range or, you know, high 90s. The difference between those two is a half mile per gallon. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's big. Okay. So here's something else that I am now even more interested in this truck than I was before. Here's why. And I we haven't talked about this in years. I used to recommend Mavericks use trucks constantly. Maverick had several years there yeah. where they were specking really, really nice stuff that was getting good fuel economy right. and the emissions were lasting. Yeah, and 
I kind of well, forgot about them. We haven't heard about them in a long time, but here we go. We look at this truck again. This is a really well-spec truck. Well, I, I own one now. So I bought it in 19, and it's a 14 model, and it's really serving me well. It's got the 2.6 4s in it. Okay. And uh, they, they went to the 2.28s. So I right. did not know that until I started looking the right. trucks, but they went to the 2.28. Now, if, if that truck with a 2.28 the DD13, I like to run about 62, 63 mile per hour. Could you? Is that going to be in a good RPM range for that DD13? What transmission? Oh, you said it's the DT12 And is that a mm-hmm. is that a direct final drive or a single overdrive? You know, I'm not sure. We have to figure that I, out. I thought that since. It, Okay. A lot of times, okay, the, I'm the, the fleets tend to spec more direct drives, so they don't want their drivers to yeah. have to think uh, too much about what gear they're going to be in when they're cruising. So they just do it as a direct okay. drive, and then there's no choice. That's okay. It, it's not as flexible mm-hmm. as we'd like it to be, but I don't think you need a lot of flexibility in your operation. You just told us what speed you want to run. Right. Right. And and so right. even I if like, this yeah. is an overdrive it's going to be ju- or a, a direct drive, it's going to be fine for what you're doing. Now, you look at what Joel has been able to do with the Volvo platform. He can actually pick from three different gears to cruise in. Right. That's a ton of flexibility, and we love that. We love we can do that now with the, some of the new transmissions that are coming out. This isn't the case. This one, is, more than likely, it's probably going to be a direct drive, but I, I would be very interested in this truck for your operation. Gotcha. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I want to stay, you know, uh, I used to wouldn't drive nothing but extended hood and, and uh, <laughs> big motors. And, and after I got started listening to you and, and, and running numbers, and now I'm all about fuel economy. And there keeping you go. my costs down. Awesome. I still like the looks of them, but hey, as long as I'm driving them, I don't have to look at them. You know, I'm, I'm behind the steering wheel. I was just going to say, all day yeah. long, you look. get to look at the big hoods that are going past you at 75 miles an hour. Right, right. And I want to own the truck and the truck not own me. There you go. Love it. You Good know what stuff. I mean? Yeah. If, uh, I may, uh, when I, I'm going to go, probably go to this truck where it's located at. I may try to get back in tomorrow on the power. I will find out if this is a direct drive or an overdrive. And, Good. And maybe ask you a Good. couple more questions. Awesome. We'll look forward to okay, it. Okay. Thanks very much, Kevin. All right. Talk to you Thank tomorrow. Bye bye. Good, Good stuff. Let's go to Colorado. Tom, welcome to the program. Yeah, hi, Kevin. Long time uh, since I've talked to you. What's Hope on your mind today? Well. Yeah. Hey, um, a couple, of th- yeah, a couple, uh, a couple, of, a couple of things. I was just uh, listening to the last uh, last caller and um, talking about getting cost down. I, w- I wonder why more guys aren't paying cash for their fuel. For instance, I just uh, just passed a. Uh, 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 gas stations, fuel stations, and uh, it was a three eighty five compared to four thirty nine. Now that's a wow. little bit of a difference uh, from two, you know, two different stations. Um, and it just seems like, I mean, granted, some of the big companies get discounts and whatnot, but uh, it seems to me, you know, uh, just paying cash might uh, might be the way yeah. to go for owner operators. 
You know, th- this is one of those areas where it can get pretty difficult to compare. If you're using, say, a Nastic fuel card so that you, you can't use cash if you want to use that card to get the discount. So now between all the different discount programs, which you mentioned, and the cash price in some places, I, it, it, sometimes it seems like too much work to try to figure out how I should pay for my fuel to get the best price. And then we also have to check, you know, for fuel tax. So I think a lot of people, it just becomes too much work. You know, the, the keeping cash, the hassles of keeping that much cash around, you know, you're, you could use thousands of dollars worth of fuel in a week. It, it's a lot of hassle getting the cash right. and always having it. But if you really wanted to maximize your fuel purchases and get the best price possible, you would have all of the options available to you. You would have a discount card or maybe even multiple discount cards, and you would carry cash around for that time when cash is the best deal. So I think there is a strategy there to save money. I think for a lot of people, it might just seem like too much work. Yeah, I, I saw a close and difference between at one station between cash and credit. That's big. Which, uh, I mean, that, that's big. Remember, yeah, remember it used to be four, four, four or five cents. Right. But uh, now it's really good. They, 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 want your, they want your cash. You know, people hey, have, um, people have so bitched the, forever about, you know, a, a $3 ATM fee. Well, basically, this is like a uh, an $18 fueling fee. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it is, you know, and then every everyone's the points on their card, so we can get a free shower. Well, hell, you know, for eighteen bucks, you can get a shower. <laughs> exactly. For eighteen dollars, <laughs> I can pay somebody to wash my back for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Hey, uh, the reason I call, so I've got a story. So my brother, about three years ago, thought he had tonsillitis or something. He goes to the doctor, and uh, they do a test. Well, he's got a got a, a tumor, cancerous tumor in the back of his throat. Well, by the time he went to the doctor, um, but he did have really good insurance. So by the time he went to the doctor, it was too close to his spinal cord, so he couldn't operate on it, according to the doctors. So he went through the, all the chemotherapy, all the, all the what's the other one, chemo and, and radiation. And right. He tried them all, you know, and uh, they'd come back at him, uh, and it got, it got, you know, pretty and, and they uh, said, "Oh yeah, good news! It shrunk four millimeter, four millimeters. Uh, this uh, treatment session, you know, lose all his hair." And he, he was always a healthy guy, you know, run marathons and shit like that. Well, finally, uh, he went and they said, "Ah, no change this month." Uh, and and he said, "Forget it. I'm just done with. I'm not coming back to you guys." He, he just, you know, it's like a revolving door because right. they just wanted to get the insurance and, you know what I mean? Yeah. And all that. And so, in the meantime, we moved from Portland, Oregon down to um, uh, uh, San Antonio, Texas. And his, his wife, she's actually from Poland. And she was always a real, he's a, a healthy eater, you know, but he liked his licorice and, you yeah. know, he'd cheat a little bit and have to hide, hide it from her. So, anyways, um, I... I my my older brother and I we, we we tried to convince him to go see a natural health practitioner. Well, finally, after he said he's not going back to the regular doctors, he relented and went to a natural natural health practitioner. They put him on. I mean, he was on like six carbs a day, uh, eating all the right stuff, and the, 
when he told his doctors what he was doing, he said, oh, you'll be dead in six months. You know? <laughs> so long story, long story, <laughs> long story short, um, he, uh, you know, he was doing, uh, he put a sauna, a dry sauna in his house. Yeah. Uh, Good. Uh, doing mistletoe therapy, uh, you know, and a lot of other therapies that, that I've never even heard of mistletoe therapy. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, doing a lot of, lot of, uh, lot of other stuff. And uh, in the six months that he was supposed to be dead, there was only apparently six of these MRI machines that are like in the in the United States. And one of them was in Dallas. And so he went up to Dallas because he was really feeling better. And they told him, okay, you have to go up here to get MRI because we don't see it on our MRI machine. Went up there, got MRI. It's gone. It's just completely gone. It's not, gone? You know, not. It's gone? Gone, gone. Gone. Ugh. gone. Right, so he he goes back just because he's a smartass to of course. all the doctors that said that he was going to be dead, you know, and said here, uh, here's my uh, uh, MRI, <laughs> and he said no, 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 this is uh, something, something, you know. They called all the doctors in, you know, and well, look at this. what's <laughs> something's wrong, yeah. something's wrong. Yeah. It, it, it can't it can't be gone. You know what I mean? And yeah. So anyway, that's, Except that's my. The way- uh, if, That's my natural health practitioner story. Yeah, except the way we should say that is um, something isn't wrong. Something is right. Right. No, exactly. You know, and and uh, but it, so the only thing that he's mad about because he was a big uh, um, Jack Daniels guy, right? Loved drinking his Jack Daniels, right? Uh, and so since he went on the the um, the uh, the, you know, since he went through this natural health practitioner thing, he he did a YouTube video that he. I, I'm not on YouTube anymore. I am on Twitter though. Uh, Good. For the same reason you are. Good. Um, uh, I, I didn't buy the blue check mark though. That's okay. <laughs> um, so he he sent me his his uh, YouTube video. So he's got his uh, shot at Jack Daniel or uh, Jack Daniels there, and. Uh, Said, you know, I, I've got this Jack Daniels in my hand. I took a sip. He says, but I'm, just, I don't even want to drink, drink anymore. Good. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, not even then. We talked about that before. Yeah. I, I've done, you know, shows. I've opened some of my seminars with the, with the theme of, you know, debunking all of the health myths. You know, saturated fat is bad for us. Fat's bad for us. Salt's bad for us. You know, healthy whole grains. I, I've yeah. done shows where I just debunk those myths. Uh, and there are lots of them. And we keep adding to them. I, I need to just add this one. Uh, that is the fact that forever that I can remember, and this mostly started um, when the wine industry um, realized they were getting that for decades they had been getting their ass kicked by the beer industry in the United States. We consumed a lot more beer than we did wine. And the wine industry wanted to figure out how to fix that. So they went out and they paid a group to do a research study and they came up with resveratrol and how healthy it is. And then they did another study and came right. out with the, the idea that the relaxing effects of alcohol were healthy because they helped you de-stress. You know what? Doesn't that sound logical? How many of us have had a tough day? Come home, have a beer, a shot of scotch, a glass of wine. Don't you feel much, much more relaxed? 
sure. It seems logical. I bought into this. Oh, well, if stress is so bad for us, and it is, if we have this substance that if we just use small amounts of it, it relaxes us, that should be a good thing. And they always told us two drinks for men, one for women. Um, that may be one of the biggest myths ever. There is nothing healthy yeah, about well, alcohol for the human body. Zero. Now, if you want to consume alcohol, go ahead. I, I, I do. I get further and further away from it all the time, and I... I you know, don't have any judgment for people that want to use alcohol. But I will tell you this. I've done enough testing to know any amount of alcohol is toxic to the human body. Any amount will take away yep. from your health, not add to it. So just know that and, and well, make that decision with that knowledge. And, and, and we were talking, well, it's been six, six eight months since I talked to you, but... Uh, we were talking uh, last time about that red wine, you know, and, and, and you said, you know, even one glass of red wine, uh, you felt like hell the next day. It, not it only was. in the way I feel, but now I have the data with all the wearables and all the hacking I've done. Every number that's important to our health goes down or deteriorates as soon as you start consuming alcohol. Goes down quickly. I can wipe out my HRV in one night. What's HRV? Uh, Heart rate variability, uh, probably the most important health number. If you haven't listened listened in the last six to eight months, you've missed a lot of that. Uh, I've been talking about no, HRV. I did. Um, yeah. yeah, I've is been talking or, about HRV is, is a lot. Or, what, what's the ring? So there Which, are. What do you use? A ring? Uh, the Aura ring? I, I've used both. Uh, the Garmin watch is my preferred device. The new Garmin Instinct Two okay. has the best sensor for HRV. The best. Um, the way they display the information, it, it correlates it directly to stress for us. Um, it, it really is the watch and the, the data I've been able to gather from the watch that helped me learn a lot of this stuff. And one of the most important things I learned is alcohol is is so toxic to the human body. I did a ton boy, of experiments boy, with, the, with the CGM, the Continuous Glucose Monitor. You know, what kind of things yep. other than food can influence my, my blood sugar? Stress is a big one. Nothing, nothing messes up blood sugar worse than alcohol. I, I am shocked at the pattern. You're, it, it drops like crazy, like down into the, this is where you'll get some of those crazy low readings down in the 50s and 60s if you're not careful. Then it, sh it shoots up. It's messed up for almost 48 hours. Now, you think about somebody that drinks a little bit every day, which is what I used to do. I, my blood sugar right, is never too. correct. My blood sugar was always being influenced by alcohol, even though I was only drinking one or two glasses a night. But my, my blood sugar was affected by that around the clock. Amazing. And, and you know, it, 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 you just sort of have to wonder about our diet and the, and the, the standard American diet. And, you know, I don't, I, you know, I, I, I guess I, 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 I don't know how to really say this, but, um, all the, um, the, well, the, the thinking that liberals do and how many, how many, uh, transgender people we have now compared to, uh, before. And you, you, you got to sort of wonder if there isn't a little correlation there between that. There is. I don't wonder at all. I'm positive there's a correlation between the 
uh, feminization of males in our society uh, and our diet. There's an absolute direct correlation. And the same thing that causes males to become more feminized, too much estrogen, and a a lot of our junk food increases estrogen. Soy is the big one. Um, Right. What... uh, uh, couple things we we don't realize about this. So if a male consumes too much soy, or there are other things in our diet that increase estrogen levels and lower testosterone, that starts to feminize them. Women obviously naturally have more estrogen, less testosterone, but this isn't good for them either. This starts to over uh, create an over dominance of estrogen in women and this is where we start to see their hormonal issues hot flash now i just talked about this the other i just talked about this the other day hot flashes now i i don't know what it's like to experience a menopausal hot flash i i don't know what that feels like but here's what i do know (laughs) Well, here's here's what we do know about them, though. Nobody dies from a hot flash, and I'm pretty sure nobody even ends up in the emergency room, right? Come on, it's a hot flash. I get it. It's really uncomfortable. But here's, here's where we are with this now. There's a commercial. I just talked about this on TV. This commercial drives me insane. Um there's a woman standing on the street with a microphone in her hand. And I don't know why this bugs me so much, but here's the opening line. I'm the heat from the street. What? What the hell does that mean? I don't know why that bugs me so much, but that's how the commercial starts. And then she's shoving the microphone in everybody's face going, do you know where hot flashes come from? And one woman says from the depths of hell. And then she says, no, what if I told you they come from your hypothalamus? And everybody's like, oh, oh, really? That's amazing. Well, okay, why is that so amazing? Uh, it, so the commercial goes on and on like this. It, and, and all they ever say is go to this website. And you go to the website and, and there's, this drug. there's all kinds of tests you take and quizzes and articles to read. And I'm trying to figure out what, all right, what are they trying to get me to here? Remember, we're talking about right. hot flashes. You know what this entire campaign right. is for? No. SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. They are now prescribing them for hot flashes. Great. So the Pfizer or, or, or one of the All big of them. drug companies. All huh? of them. Jeez. SSRIs are, are yeah. horrible drugs with almost no purpose whatsoever they don't really help anybody they're way over prescribed they're a nightmare to try to get well, somebody off of they they're addictive they're hard to to break away from the side effects are horrendous when you quit the the withdrawal effects are really really nasty i've helped people get off of them and now we're prescribing them for hot flashes that's uh, 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 on sort of on that topic. Did you? Oh, I, oh! I, was I just thought of something. I just thought of something. Yeah. It just dawned yeah. on me why they do the commercial like that. I couldn't figure out why don't they just tell me what the damn commercials for? Why do I have to go to this website? Because if they were to do that commercial what? and tell me that was for an SSRI, it'd be illegal. 
They're not allowed. Oh, to, is that right? They're not allowed to advertise drugs for off-label use. Doctors are allowed to prescribe them. Oh. Doctors can prescribe any drug for anything they want. There's no restrictions on that whatsoever. But the pharmaceutical companies are not allowed to advertise a drug for an off-label use. That's why they do it like well, this. Well, okay, that's okay. That's a perfect. Uh, uh, so the ivermectin. Okay, so. Uh, I've been taking the vitamin D and the um, zinc, and I, 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 I think I avoided COVID until I got back in the truck a month and a half ago. Got back in the truck and had some um, uh, um, ammonia because it was going to clean out the, the, the refrigerator that a guy left something in there. I pour it in there. I'm starting to feel pretty crappy, and I can't smell the ammonia. So then I go, oh, boy, <laughs> I think I got the damn COVID. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I got the damn COVID. Yeah. So I, so what do I start doing? So 250 pounds uh, of horse warmer, ivermectin, same, same, same weight for you know for, for yeah. people as horses, and I dose myself with five doses of that, and in about uh, in, in a day and a half, I was back to normal, yeah. completely back to normal. I could <laughs> yeah. smell and everything in a day and a half, right? And yeah. and so so you know the off the off label. You know what I mean? And everybody, yeah, but, of course, you like I said, horse, you're taking a horse doc- medicine. Doctors can prescribe drugs off-label all day long. That's totally acceptable. It's been going on forever. No, nothing wrong with that. They're not allowed to advertise them. And you couldn't, it just dawned you on me. You that's, couldn't give them. You could. You couldn't give them. You couldn't give them ivermectin in California during this uh, COVID oh, oh, thing that they were doing. I, yeah, and, and, trust and me. My, and my, I, my, I know. Oh I, I dealt with a hospital trying. Well, a, a friend of mine. They killed somebody I know with this by putting him on a ventilator and refusing him ivermectin when he already had it. We had it prescribed right. for him. We had an entire kit prescribed for him, and and he had it, and they wouldn't let it in the hospital. They wouldn't let him give it, and, and, and he died. He died. They put him on a ventilator, and he died. Oh man. Totally yeah. unnecessary and, and death. He should have never died. I, 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 I'm just furious about this whole thing. The, the, um, did you, I was, tr- I was begging you to read that book, the real Dr. Fauci, with, with uh, that uh, Kennedy, uh, uh, yeah, Robert, Robert Kennedy Jr. wrote. Yeah. And I don't know if you ever, I don't know if you ever read it. I didn't. I didn't. I'm so far behind on books. Okay. Yeah. No, I understand. I understand. But uh, that 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 will. I mean, he's killed more people not on not on the COVID. But if you go back to HIV and the rest of it, he's he's an that's an evil son. That's like Soros. He's an evil son of a bitch. He needs to. There's got to be a special place in hell for these people. You know, they're all they're all, all trying they're all trying to give Ansel Keys a run for his money. Who's Ansel? Who's Ansel's Keys? Ansel Keys is the guy that uh, started us down the. I, I mean, we can we can bring this whole thing back to one person. Ansel Keys is the guy that convinced everybody that fat and cholesterol were bad for your heart. Oh, that's right. Yep. Oh, the, that's the right. seven that's countries right. yeah. study and, and, where he cherry picked the seven countries. It was. He originally did a whole, I forget how many countries he studied originally, but in order to make the data match what he believed, he had to cut out most of the countries and he cherry picked the seven that proved his point. But if you looked at his original research, right. there was no point. It, it disproved his point 
but he lied and he manipulated his research and it, it the timing was right uh, i forget which president it was in the 50s that had a heart attack in office who was that truman no uh, i don't remember who it was but we had a president have a heart attack in office that was a huge deal he came out and said it's all this fat in our diet that causes uh, heart attacks and and when you you can go back and look at all his research now and you should have never come to that conclusion so that it's, one it's person, that, that, that one yeah. person sent us down this path of low fat, healthy, whole grain eating, and look what it has done to the world population. We've we stayed on since then. Correct. And we still can't get away yeah. from, even though the evidence is no, so overwhelming right now, they are still, not only are they pushing this poor diet, they're doubling down on all the fake meat now. And that's what they do. They double down. Right. How come, right. How come yeah. a liberal cannot admit they're wrong? Just ever admit they're wrong. No, no, no. We're going to continue with this same and, program. And, and look, we don't correct. look, this, <laughs> if, if we talk about the medical issue, the standard American diet, why is that even political? This isn't political. This isn't a left or right issue. This is just the fact that Big Pharma and Big Food have just lied to us for years, and, and Big Government's been a part of it. But it, it's both parties. And, and this is not a partisan issue at all. Right. No, as soon as they're done with the government, they go to work for the for well, Big exactly. Pharma and make million, right. $2 million a year and, and, or whatever. And they all do and, it. And it's just all about money. Yeah, they yeah, all they do all it. Do it's, it. It's, not, it, it. It's not a Democrat or Republican thing at all. Most things are these days, but not but, this one. You know, you talk you talk about um, uh, the fake media and and, and all that. You, I quit listening to pretty much all the news. I watch Tucker at night, and that's it. But um, I listen to a lot of books and and uh, whatnot, and podcasts on tape and whatnot. But um, and and I'm a lot healthier for it. Trust me. Exactly. My blood pressure's way down. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. it's just because there's nothing I can do about it. But but some. But something needs to be done, and I don't know how long, it's, how many people we have to kill, how long it's going to well, take. But they can't. This uh, is not sustainable. You know, I, I I don't know how to turn this around. I I am with you. This is not sustainable. Something has to change, and I, I've taken quite a bit of heat lately. I keep seeing comments in on my site about people. I I have not been very active on our two sites the last couple of weeks. You know, I go in, if I see questions, I answer them. I haven't been posting nearly as much. I've been trying to get caught up on projects and I have been spending a lot of time on Twitter and people are, you know, kind of complaining about it. And I, I, I don't know if I can overstate this enough. We have got to grab this one opportunity where we're not being censored and deleted. And we have to make sure this movement grows. We, we need to get this same mentality into all of the social media companies. They should be run the way Twitter is being run. Everybody's opinion gets posted as long as it's not, you know, absolute direct death threats to people. Obviously we're going to, they have, they have, they have child porn on, on, exactly. on, 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 on that. Uh, I, I, all on, of you them. You know what I mean? For crying I, out loud. On all of them. Right. Yeah. So, so we, I, I can't overstate enough. The only place 
we have a little bit of a foothold on this issue. The only place in the world right now, the mainstream media, we're struggling. And did you see DirecTV just deleted another right-wing no. news agency? No, I would. I would. I would. I would have dropped them. This is like the, did, uh, this is the second. The second, you know, conservative news outlet that DirecTV has, has canceled their contract with. The only place in the world right now we have a tiny little foothold on true free speech is Twitter. I've been yeah, talking about God, I've been talking God about artificial intelligence. Have you seen this thing, Chat GPT? Oh, I just it, and I, I meant to mention that. So they they got the Chat GPT. And, and another artificial intelligence, and they they put them together like with, with a, a discussion forum, and it, it wasn't uh, three minutes later they started arguing with it, one another. It might as well just be two people. Right? That's how we have to think yeah. about each one of these bots that has been created using artificial intelligence. Think of it as we just created another human being you can argue with. That's all we've another done. Liberal. And that's the problem yeah. right now. Chat GPT is the dominant AI out there, and it it has been proven to be extremely liberal. Ask it to write a, 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 a nice poem about Donald Trump, and it will say, I'm sorry, I don't have opinions about individual human beings or, or something along those yeah. lines. Then you ask it to write a nice poem right. about Joe Biden, and it writes a poem. Wait a minute! You just lied to me. Yeah, then, yeah. so AI is already a liar too. Do so me a favor tonight. Get on that and ask him. Ask ask that uh, AI uh, what it thought about um, uh, Biden's uh, speech tonight. Oh, and, that's and a, just I wonder what's going to pop that, up. That's a good one. Do this to ask yeah. it about uh, a carnivore diet or a vegan diet. Oh, it's just, it's just horrible, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, ChatGPT is very it's vegan. A, yeah, it's very vegan. Oh. So, right, so right. you know, I, I, don't know, I don't know why in all the talk over the last decade about artificial intelligence, all the articles I've read, not once did this ever come up. Not once did anybody mention that these things are going to be just as biased as human beings are. The, pe the people that programmed them. Yeah. And, and they're all, you know, the, yeah, all, 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 all that, all those people up in Northern California, it's, it, it, it's group thinking. Just yes. completely group So, thinking. so I, you know, and they're, how are we going to get away from, with, with, from and, it? And I know people are starting to get frustrated. I'm spending too much time on Twitter. I'm talking too much about Twitter. I, I am, and I'm going to continue. It's the only place we have a little yeah. bit of a foothold to beat this back. What's your what's your uh, what's your Twitter handle there? And I can uh, on the, yeah, let's on let's underscore truck. Okay. All right. Well, I'll look you up. Well, Kevin, I, I won't keep you any longer. Thank you very much for the conversation. I really appreciate it. And uh, uh, good luck. Uh, keep us informed like you have always been. And uh, it's nice to be back. We'll do. Good talking. I finally to figured you, out how to yeah. <laughs> cut you off. Good talking to you. I look forward to hearing back from you soon. Let's go to Wisconsin. Steve, welcome to the program. Hi, uh, Kevin. Yeah, what's on your mind today? Hey, how's it going? Um, 
first time calling and been listening. So first off, just thanks for uh, all the information you put out there. You're welcome. Um, got a, yeah, I got a question as far as um, like putting rates together and stuff. I guess this is something I should probably know at some point. Um, just a little background. I basically just haul for a freight forwarder locally. Okay. And um, I get a certain percentage of, uh, you know, the line haul or whatever you'd call it, um, the bills. And as I'm kind of just trying to, like, understand the industry more and all that, um, you know, is there a difference in putting together rates as a local driver? Now, I know I've heard, like, you know, some dump truck guys, they do hourly and stuff like that, but... Just for like my own future reference, is there? Yeah, so setting rates is one of the more difficult things there is to do. And you've you've got a situation that's even more complicated because it's local and that's a much, much smaller segment of the industry. So we don't have as much data to pull from. Um, So this can be really challenging. One of the easiest ways to do local work, and you already mentioned it, is, is it's hourly. That's not a bad way to go. It, it's simple. Um, you can usually come up with a rate that works for everybody. That's what I always lean towards. If I'm going to be quoting any kind sure. of local work, my first choice is can we do this with just an hourly rate? And if we can, let's do it. Um, Sometimes, you know, I've seen really complicated systems, companies like FedEx that pay contractors to run local, you know, they can, they have the technology in the background to create, you know, these crazy complicated formulas. I I would stay away from that stuff. Now, to, to get more specific, when you say you're, you know, for your own reference for the future, are you thinking that instead of using a freight forwarder at some point you may want to get your own freight in an operation like this right and i don't know if it's kind of like it's just something in me where i'm like i have to know like it's like i don't know because um you know that that's kind of like what i i guess my again correct me if you got any ideas let me know but i guess the only or you know best way to kind of run a local operation is just go to forders because it's just like and keep like you know, like different three PLs in the area, and you're you're like, probably that's what do now. It's pilot for, unless you're willing. Two things: unless you've got quite a bit of cash or a partner, you're probably better off sticking with freight forwarders in an operation like this. And the reason I say that, if I were going to do this and I, and I wanted to go get my own freight, you know what I would do? Mm. I would go work for a freight forwarder for okay. six months. Right. Really? I mean, that's free on the job training. You get paid for it. And that there's there's so much more to I've this. I've thought about that kind of than, stuff like than, that too. Like, oh, just, I, you know, just trying to understand. I just right. don't like understanding stuff, you know? Right. The the, yeah. the rates can be complicated in an operation like this, but the logistics are more complicated than over the road too. So there's a lot to learn about running right. an operation like this. So you could say, look, I, I'm good at what I do on the truck side of this. I'll just stick with the freight forwarders, let them deal with all that other stuff. Or you might say, no, I, I'm interested in that. Maybe I do want to do that. And, and again, just answering for myself, right. if I were in your position right now and I wanted to pursue that, I, this is how I would do it. I would just go work for them. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I'm trying, you know, like with the over the road, it's kind of like, okay, I'm taking a whole load here to there. It's and pretty it's simple. X amount. Right. I can make sense st- of that. It's but pretty with straightforward. This, it's like I'm going to like a GE plant and I'm picking up 20 pieces and they're all going to, two, you know, 20 and, different places. And you so might like, spend, there might be days where you spend six hours at that GE plant to get that freight. Right. It's so there, there's right, a, exactly. Right. And I can't so, take up your whole day if you're trying to pick up multiple places. Correct. Just, correct. Yeah. There, there's a lot to learn about this kind of operation. And honestly, the, the best way to do it is just go work in it. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool. It's on that topic though, since I just kind of finish that up uh, with like the hourly, yeah. like, is that you know, I've seen that from anywhere from 75 to a hundred some bucks an hour, depending on if it's like, let's say a tanker work or, you know, driving, I'm guessing obviously going to be leaning towards the lower end of that uh, for obvious reasons, but any suggestions on that and like what a fair hourly would be just for future reference? You know, pricing in general in business and and any business, I struggle with this in our business. The one thing I hate to do, you have to do it. Um, I hate pricing anything. It's so, I don't even know how to describe it. You you know, we want to take the approach that we're in this to make money. So we want to charge as much as we can. We want to charge as much as we can get away with. I mean, that's how the market kind of works. But I also know that if you want to stay in business, you have to bring value to the market. And value and price yeah, go together, fair, yeah. but they're not the same thing. Let's say that $75 is kind of the bottom of the market when it comes to hourly. And let's say 150 is kind of the top of the market, just to use some numbers. Lots of people can do the $75 thing and make money. Lots of people can do the $150 thing and make money. It's kind of the difference between Walmart and, you know, Goldman's, not, that's the bank, not the, the you know, a high-end retailer. It, they're both retailers, but one sure. sells things really, really cheap. That's their whole model. The other one sells things really, really expensive. That's their whole model. Both of them work. And everything in between works if you do it right. So it's really just a matter of deciding what what part of the market do you want to be in. I've always tried to land in like the upper 25%. I never want to be the cheapest. That's that's not my, you know, that's not how I like to do business. I like to bring more value and charge more to do. I don't want to be the most expensive either because they're usually just ripping people off. But I found if you can kind of land somewhere in that, you know, the top 25% or so on pricing and then provide a lot of value to your customers, it works. Sure. Any tips on that? Like, would be, is, as far as like adding value beyond like showing up on time and do, being clean and all that kind of you, stuff as a driver, like um, well, trying to it, expand your business. And, isn't that sad? <laughs> what you just covered actually works. All we have to do is look a little cleaner. Unfortunately, it makes it really easy, I, I yeah. But I'm always is, thinking, like, what am I supposed to bring, like, a quick trip gift card every time? You know, I don't know. I'm, you <laughs> know, some of that stuff actually works, not necessarily every time. But money talks. You know, I, I when I talk about building relationships with shops, I talk about, you know, pick a day and take, take lunch to all the mechanics. You know, and maybe you do that once or right. twice a year. 
You know, and that goes a long way. When you're talking about building a relationship with a freight forwarder or a broker, you're local. Take them to lunch. Take them to dinner. Take them to a ball game and dinner. You know, find out what they like. I, that all right. of those things are legitimate. That's how you build relationships, and business is built on relationships. Sure. Think, yeah, absolutely. One of the things you say, what can you do to increase that value? One of the things, big picture, think differently. Don't do what everybody else is doing because then to, to that customer, you just look like everybody else. Just think differently sometimes. Right. Sure. Yeah, and that's what, you know, I, you know, I try to stop in, you know, whether it's, I, I'll get them lunch here and there, the place Absolutely. I'm for an yep. hour, I'll just like yep. ask them time to time, like, is there anything I'd be doing better for you guys? Because you're asking that question. Here's the good I guess, because, you know, like, is there anything I'd be doing better? And it's like, oh, well, we haven't heard anything bad, so I guess you're doing good type it, thing. So. Here's, the, here's the good news. You know, there's a lot of downsides to this industry. We could talk about all the bad parts of it, but there are a lot of good parts too. Many other industries are far more competitive than this one is. If we just talk about what you've said, you're, you're clean, you're well-dressed, your truck looks good, you show up and bring them lunch once in a while and you ask what I can do better. Uh, you're beating about 99% of the other owner-operators out there you're competing with just by doing that. Right. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of, I tend to think sometimes like, well, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of sad, but true situation, I, I guess. I know. It is. In terms it, of, um, it, it you is. know, yeah, I'm thinking that, like maybe I'm just, I guess, what else could I do, you know? And just keep thinking that. that That's all you need is that mindset. What else can I do? Because if you keep thinking that, all kinds of ideas are going to come to you all the time. You're going to figure out way better sure. stuff for you than I ever could. Makes sense, yeah. And, and you've got the right attitude. Going. You're, you're, you're going to figure it out because you question yourself all the time. What could I be doing better? And then you take that to your customers and say, what could I be doing better? That's perfect. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I kind of like, you know, I hate not knowing certain things, but yeah, I guess you kind of just kind of confirm my, what, I, you know, what I thought a lot, which is. I got to basically until you get a certain size, you kind of just need to keep as far as this type of operation is help out with local uh, trade orders, brokers and yeah, absolutely. local work. And so, you know, you one know, of our, a, our tendencies as human beings, I catch myself doing this occasionally too. Um, I've been in business a long time. I have learned what it takes to be successful in business. It's why I end every show, do the hard work. That's really what it comes down to. Knowing a couple of basic stuff so that the work you're doing is correct. You're doing the right hard work. But once you've identified those things, like you've identified that it actually does make sense to build relationships with these guys. We, we still get in this mindset of we think there's some secret out there. We think there's just there's this one thing. If somebody could just tell us everything would get better and there. Well, there is a secret, and it must be a secret because most people never seem to figure it out. The secret really is just doing the hard work, just doing all the things most people don't want to do. Right. And then you keep doing them over and over and over, and you get better at them, and, and this grows over time. There is no big secret that anybody out there knows that's going to make us so much more effective with one thing. It just doesn't work that way. 
Well, darn. I know. <laughs> I know. Good to me, though. So you gotta <laughs> gotta keep it going. Well, here's the good news. Once well, you figure this out, let the other ninety nine percent keep chasing that quick fix, that get rich quick scheme, because that keeps them out of our hair, and we don't even have to compete with them. Right there, you go. Even less competition. Yep. I like it. Yep. <laughs> there you go. All okay. Right. Good, cool. Good talking right. to you, Steve. Um, I look forward to hearing back from you. I got to move along. We've got uh, calls are piling up, which I like. We got to knock some down. Let's go to West Virginia. Steve, welcome to the program. Hey, I was just calling about your first first uh, caller today, but the last gentleman uh, that brings up, yeah, that that one percent. If you can just be in that one percent, and and I had uh, eight and a half years ago before I came to Landstar. I, I purchased meals for about six or seven BCOs in parking, and that were in parking lots at TAs working on the truck, kind of tinkering a little bit. And to a person, they said, "You got to get to the get to the freight and never hit the board." And they said, "Figure out your way." And and I, I did it from day one. I had three things that I, I said, "If you do these three things, I think you'll be fine." Number one is keep your equipment reliable. They don't want you to be late because you're breaking down. And, and having problems with your equipment, and they're not going to put up with it, uh, not any good customer. Number two, keep yourself reliable. That means, you know, constant improvement with the health program, uh, making sure that you're getting some, getting some movement. Uh, you're doing the things that you need to do to keep yourself in good shape, and, and at 68, I feel like I'm 30 again. There so you go. In checking those two boxes. And number three is... Uh, where real estate is location, 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 service industry like us is communicate, communicate, communicate. And whatever way it has to be done, I think I've got 11 tracking apps on my phone. Guess what? I use them when the customer wants it used every time. Because you know what? It may be a spot market load that I'm getting. They don't know me. Now, my Correct. regular customers know me. And they, you know, and, 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 and they have their regular stuff in. They may have a tracking app. Well, Lancelot's got one all the time on this. Um, but here's, here's the thing. You know, they don't, you know, other people don't know. And people say, well, I'm not going to do that. I don't care what the money pays. And, and I'm, you know, I'll tell them, I'll say, well, look, you know, if I'm putting several hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff on your trailer, I, you damn well bet I, I want to know where it's at at all times. So I don't have a problem with that. I, that's that never have, never will. But the secret sauce was, I said, how can I figure to kind of kill a bunch of stones with one, I mean, a bunch of problems with one stone? And I decided, you know what? I get a, I get a rate bill from the, uh, yeah, rate confirmation from the agent. I've got an email thread there. Everything goes in that email thread. I arrive myself. I depart myself. If they want to know where you're at in route, I'll let them know that in that email thread. I'll go through the chipper, the receiver. The POD is, is signed, and they get a picture of that POD. They can go get. They can go start getting paid for it. I get paid on Wednesday, but they may, you know, they got that image of that POD. They can go start getting the money that that they need to get the broker or the agent from the customer. So I found that, and I found that agents were calling me back. And says, "Wow, why doesn't everybody do this?" <laughs> and I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, not a whole lot will, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that, I mean, just that communication factor. It doesn't matter whether you're dealing with an agent at Landstar, uh, a broker, or direct customer. They want to know 
what's happening with their stuff. And yeah. as long as you do that, that, that to me, uh, the, the relationships just come then. And, uh, and everything else that goes with it, like you're talking about, you know, buying your, your good shops, buying, you know, sending, you know, even for no good reason, not even if you're going in there sometimes, just send, 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 uh, you know, they're going to need pizza, send Domino's in there to them or something. Uh, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't know if they want, want our good keto, but, uh, but you know, you just do it for no good reason. You know, it. Um, I mentioned earlier on a call, pricing is one of the hardest things you can do in business. It's one of the things I struggle with the most, and there there are no absolute right answers. Um, I think the key in business is choose your customers carefully. It, once you choose who your customers are going to be, then you can start working on pricing. Here's a good example of somebody doing the opposite of what everybody else was doing. And I, I talked about the story, um, Dr. Wolfson. Dr. Wolfson's a cardiologist. Cardiologists make a lot of money, millions of dollars a year if they're good, stupid amounts of money. And Dr. Wolfson gave that all up being a traditional cardiologist because he realized what a scam it all was and that he was actually killing people slowly, not helping them at all. And he became a natural practitioner. And it, when we were down in Vegas, it's just a really interesting conversation. We're standing around with like three other cardiologists and Dr. Wilson and myself. And one of them brings up celebrities. And the other two are like, oh, yeah, you know, there's, there's so much money in that. And the celebrities are getting into all this stuff now. And somebody asked Dr. Wolfson, and he said, you know what? He said, I had a couple. He said, never again. He said, they're so entitled. He said, you can make an awful lot of money with them. There's no doubt they will spend. It, these are the people who are now spending $1,500 a month to get Wagovi, a diabetic drug, so they can lose weight. With all the nasty side effects that come with that drug, I'm going to do a whole article on this, a whole show um, on the side effects of Wagovi and uh, Ozempic. And these celebrities are paying $1,500 a month to destroy their health with these drugs. Dr. Wilson said they have all kinds of money. You make a ton, but he said, they're so entitled. They want your cell phone. They think they can just call you anytime they want. He said, I don't want to work with them at all. And, and then they said, so who is your client? He said, a 64-year-old truck driver. <laughs> that's, I, 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 that's, that's his model. That, that's, who, that's the people he likes to work with. Now, you're at the opposite end of the scale. Not only do these, well, you know, certainly truck drivers have done good in the last couple of years, but you're not talking celebrities here. You're talking about the other end of the scale. You're always going to have to figure out how to help these people pay for the service. But the, the beauty of owning your own business, you get to choose this. And so few people ever consciously choose who their customer is going to be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and, and that's the thing you, you know, and you're, you know, you're con I don't look to put food, but if I found one that I could build a good relationship, I try to slip them in and then see how it, how it works with the other customers. I mean, I've got, but I've got one customer I've had seven and a half years. I got one customer I've had five and a half years and one customer I've had four and a half years. Uh, and then I do, a, I may do a fill in or two, uh, you know, 
But guess what? If you know, if that fill-in area, if I found something just that one day in the middle of the week that would work, I, that would be another one I would take. But you always have to be ready. You know, we uh, Atlanta, we're the highest price carrier out there. So you always have to be ready, especially in a market like this. That when they're coming back with contracts now, they're trying to they're trying to reduce their costs. So you, you got to be ready. I've got some friends that have had to make a zig and a zag, and they've done it, and they've done fine because they they use the same they use the same principles to get new customers as they did the one as they did the ones that maybe ran for the cheap carrier for a while. But but that you know for the most part though, you know, I look at my my numbers right now, and I'm maybe down five percent. Uh, below weekly, but below what my average was last year, maybe three to five percent. It's not much, and that's mainly the fill-in loads. My my contract loads are pretty well stuck right now, and uh, and I know that they could change at any time. But but I don't really worry about it because I would have got enough relationships. I could make a zag and make good money. I wouldn't really worry about that anyhow. So uh, the other thing was bringing up uh, you, you had brought up in that first call was the specky. Most likely, uh, he, the two twenty-eight years that he's got in that in that uh, Maverick truck, uh, as with the DT twelve, is probably a direct drive transmission. That's what I figured. And it is a it's, 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 yeah, sixty to sixty-two. That's what I've got. Uh, sixty to sixty-two miles an hour. Uh, my lifetime is eight point six three, and I'm through the mountains. I'm in the mountains right now, West Virginia. I'm through the mountains twice a week. <laughs> so yeah, I don't have it. Yeah, I don't have and- just easy. Flat land. Yeah. In his operation, fifty percent empty, sixty thousand gross most of the time. Uh, I, I think ten is yeah, a, a, it's a lofty goal, but I, I think nine is certainly achievable. And if I fell a little short of ten, I think I'd still be pretty happy. Keeping maybe from ten would be a little bit ugly on the aerodynamics, but uh, but yeah, they're not. I mean, like say like. Sounded like his were not as bad as a lot of open decks. Did, so, didn't sound bad uh, at all. You know, so it yeah. may help him. Yeah, I would be shooting. I'd be shooting to get nine plus, yeah. uh, definitely. And and I can't wait for the spring because the last of my my uh, things that I've gotten on the truck here uh, now we'll be getting new tires that might that may bring me back down just a little because they're gonna have a twenty three thirty seconds on there. I think that's what the Energy Ds have. Uh, but but uh, but I've yeah I've got other things back in in it now uh one thing i wait i ended up waiting on and um is uh it was the fleet air filter for one reason all over their warranty information with freightliner now they have they have their dealers looking for any aftermarket air filters uh and they've got all over their warranty information any aftermarket air filter we are making the decision to void your uh, your warranty up front. Somebody's, now, I know they say they can't do it. Well, somebody's going to have to take them. How many lawyers that they got? Come on, right. That's, yeah. Well, that's it. Somebody's yeah. got to have more lawyers than they got. Right. Um, and and uh, I asked my I asked my general manager of the dealership I'm at because he he was a close friend of mine before they became a Freightliner dealer, and he uh, he was my service manager for years. Uh, and I asked him about it. He said he said they ended up having two or three engines where mm. somebody with an aftermarket let it. Let it get let it get floppy, and uh, and they got dirt in the engines, and they ended up paying for them. So they, yeah. So hey, that was hey, their that was hey, the Steve, thing that they were told. Steve, here's the real yeah. answer to this situation. We could argue this kind of stuff back and forth all day long. Uh, in the thirty some years that I own yeah. trucks, multiple trucks, I, I 
I wish I could go back and figure out how many different trucks I owned all those years. But in all the trucks I've owned, I can go back and look at how many times I actually used my warranty. It's pretty slim. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't. That, no, I don't. It's yeah, not that yeah. much. Yeah, well, I, so I, it, it, here's if I walk so into I a dealer today yeah. and I'm going to buy the truck, and the dealer looks at me and says, "We will absolutely void your warranty if you put any aftermarket parts on this, and even if I know they can get away with it, I'll smile and say, "Knock yourself out," because I am modifying this truck on day one. So if you want to cancel my warranty, do it. I don't even care that you're going to do it. It's not a factor for me. Actually, that would probably, yeah, that would probably be a good negotiation factor, maybe, because built into that price of that truck is the they know rate. they got some warranty work right. doing the first 250000 yeah. They know they're going to have it with most people. So so negotiate the price down a little bit and say, hey, I'll take it with no, no warranty. Yes. Yeah, I'll just pay y'all to. Full boat whenever I come I'm, in. You know, but, I'll, uh, I'll sign off I'll, on it right now. I'll sign on uh, off on the yeah, fact that yeah. I have no warranty. I'm okay with that because I'm modifying this right, truck. Right. There's no way I'm waiting until all my warranties are up to modify the truck. That just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. So getting back to the first guy there, uh, with respect, uh, 1275 is the is the RPM on a direct drive at 65. And it's about 12, 1210, 1200 to 1210 at, at 60, 61. So, yeah, uh, and that's that, these things, they pull fine. They're, you know, they're not yeah, a problem. That, I got 35,000 in the box today going up the hills, no problem. Yeah, yeah that, that's not really down speeding, but we're definitely running lower RPM, not not the kind of down speeding we're talking about on some platforms. But the DD13, we can't really down speed that much. So this seems like uh, a good spec on this one. Let's go to Texas. Fred, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? Good. What's on your mind today? Uh, well, I wanted to give that that uh, local fella um, some advice on what I found because I did a lot of local work up in the New York City area. When I rated by the day, I always rated at least an eight-hour minimum. This way, you don't get hurt by working two, three hours and can't find anything else to do for the day. So I said, the truck is yours, a truck, trailer, and a man for X amount of dollars per hour for eight hours minimum, Good and point. then and then the, then the the clock the clock rolls every quarter hour after that. Yeah. Good. Good point. You know, because if you say seventy five dollars an hour and the guy needs him for two hours, what's he going to do a whole a whole day for one hundred and fifty dollars? Right. You know. Right. So that's that's a, that's some advice. I also look at. I always, I always rate it myself high because I know the service I'm going to give them is going to be impeccable. So I always start high and you can always come down a little bit. You can never go up. It's hard to go up. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, all these tips are are helpful because pricing is one of the toughest things you're ever going to do when you own a business. And as an owner operator, you know, using brokers and freight forwarders, that changes because we kind of know that in this industry, if that's the situation you're in, you don't really set the price. Now, you can choose to accept it or not, but we kind of know the the rate 
get set at the broker kind of, and, and you can negotiate that or build relationships, but that's just, that tends to be how it works. Yes. Yes. And you know, when I, when I did direct, when I worked with direct customers, I, I set my rate to them. If they said it was too high, then I'd say, well, then what will work? And as long as it was in the ballpark, you know, 12 years ago in New York City, I was getting $150 an hour because I know what the union scale was to work in the five boroughs. So I knew I can get 150 an hour non-union. Right. You know, I yeah. mean, so you have to know what, what, what things are happening in your town. You know, 150 wouldn't be good in, in maybe Davenport, Iowa, but, you know, maybe you'd have to go less because it'd be too high. But in New York City, you know, rates are going to be higher because you got tolls and, and just life expect and, and expenses. So, um, you know, you have to rate yourself, find out what the going rate is around your area. And then, like you said, I would shoot for the top and let them work you down if you need to. Yeah. Because if you're going to, yeah. if you're going to sell yourself, don't sell yourself short. Yep, exactly. Good point. That's how I always did my. That's how I always did my business. I always, I, I always thought I was the best guy they can get, so I'm going to charge them accordingly. And maybe I'm not, but that's the way I looked at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So uh, I got to push back on one thing you said. What's that? There was a few times my wife looked at me when she had her hot flashes that I thought I was going to be dead <laughs> or go to the hospital. Okay. <laughs> no, you might end up in the emergency room because of her hot flash, but she's not going to. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's true. That's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm always careful. Uh, I, I've never experienced one, but come on. I mean, it, yeah. it's not like people are dropping dead from this. Nobody ends up, you know, permanently maimed from a hot flash. I get it. They're uncomfortable. <laughs> but but let's think about something. Haven't we determined? Haven't, have, haven't my two years of stress research determined that I, maybe I haven't said this yet. I don't know if I have or not. I've written it down. I think I've mentioned it. The single biggest reason we have become a... a not very resilient to stress. We've become weak when it comes to everyday stress and it's getting worse. We're getting weaker and weaker. And right. That's what this is all about. What I've determined is it's because we have created a lifestyle where we seek comfort all the time. We do not want to be comfortable for a minute and we will reach for a pill. Yes. We'll reach for anything to get us out of discomfort. And that's what's creating this weakness. Everything about my stress protocol, I have said, everything that works makes you extremely uncomfortable for short periods of time. If you look at Wim Hof and, and his cold exposure, he said the first four minutes are actually changing your health. When you get into really cold water or air or jump into a snow drift or whatever, the first four minutes of that discomfort are actually making you healthier. There's all kinds of things happening. After that four minutes, he says the reason he does it longer, there really aren't any more health benefits to it. He does it simply as training for himself to learn how to be comfortable when you're uncomfortable. 
Because that's what is making us so weak. So I, I'm, I'm not downplaying that, that hot flashes are extremely uncomfortable. I'm pointing out that they don't kill people, right. they don't hurt people, and they're probably healthy. They're, they're, a good hot flash probably gives you some of the same benefits as 30 minutes in an infrared sauna. Who knows? Well, I, you know, so there's a couple things I've noticed through this whole journey. Now, I'm sure you've noticed this, and other people that may or may not have noticed this that's gotten their meta- metabolism, their, metabol- their metabolic uh, health. Health. Yeah. Better. Um, uh, so if, I, if I'm working in the garage or on the truck and I cut myself, which happens pretty much almost every time, <laughs> right. I'm either banging my head on a rear oh, end yeah. and I have no cushion up there anymore. Me either. All right. So I, but I'll tell you the truth. Within, within two days, it's, not, it's, it's already it's scabbed up and the scab is gone. Right. Like yeah. I am healing. I am yes. healing tremendously fast and, tremendously fast like and, it, it, and haven't we just been told as you get older you won't heal it'll get worse and worse and for most people it does you see older people with sores on their legs that yes. never heal especially diabetics yes and right. you're right. right when you get your metabolism healthy your skin heals so much faster everything does yeah, so what, what – and I, I've thought about this, and I know the reasons why, and just to, for the audience to know, see, you, you're, when you eat the standard American diet or grains or stuff that, that – it, it inflames your body. So that means your body is, is, is working to put out those fires, whether it be, uh, you know, whatever is, whatever is inflaming your body – the, the grains and the standard American diet does that naturally, but other things too, uh, uh, diabetes, all of this stuff. So your, your immune system is working hard to put out all of that. And then when you get cut, it doesn't, it just, it's a slow process to get to that cut by getting your met, met, metabolic health in check and reducing all the inflammation in your body, your body is able to perform somewhat of a miracle or what yes, we used right. to be yeah. and, 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 and get, and get you healed like instantaneously close that wound up. And within a couple of days it's gone or this, you just got a little redness there. Yeah. So it's pretty, so, it's pretty amazing how the body starts working, I guess the way it's supposed to work. Absolutely. And, and, you know, if we look at what's going on around health, it's just getting worse. You're talking about the immune system, how much stronger it gets like this. If, if we ever get enough information to figure out all the problems with this vax, I think we're going to find out yeah. that it, it really wreaks havoc with our immune system. I think that's the whole problem I, with this thing is what it's doing to our immune system. I keep reading more and more um, research and you know what? Research is only as good as the people doing it. And it's hard to prove a lot of this stuff, right. but there's enough of it um, that we're clearly seeing real problems with people's immune system, even with cancers exploding all of a sudden so now we're i'm reading more and more about where they keep finding this spike protein in our body it was not supposed to leave the injection site 
and yet we are finding it right. in all organs around the body. And I did see an article, and I, I, I need to go do more research on this. I don't know if the answers are out there. I have heard that the spike protein can be transmitted through sex. Well, I mean, someone posed a question on the tribe. If someone's vaccinated and I, and I need blood, will I get, uh, will I get those? I, those I, I, uh, I firmly believe you will. As soon as that came up, I decided I'm going to start researching stockpiling my own blood. Yeah. I don't yeah, know anything you know, about. I mean, that's, I don't know anything about stockpiling blood. If there's a method out there we can use, are there blood banks that could do this for us? Could a doctor do it? Um, if I have to, you know, if I can find some nurse on the sly, I'll do it. If I can figure out what you have to do to safely store blood, if there's no program out there to do it, maybe we need to come up with one. Right. Right. I don't. I think blood has a, a, a shelf life, though, doesn't it? Probably does. So maybe. Now, here's the thing, especially yeah. for males. What we talk all the time about males, it's not a bad idea to go give blood. For some reason, we tend right. to build up iron to to a point where it can become problematic, and the only way to get rid of it is to go give blood. So let's say blood has a shelf life of six months. I, I'll go give blood twice a year and stockpile it. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I mean, I, I was actually just on the phone with a friend who I used to do that all the time. First started when I was in the military because it, it was a day off. But then, <laughs> you know, I after the military, <laughs> I used to, yeah, I, I, used, I, used to, I used to donate just to, just to contribute yeah. to society because, you know, that's what, what it was. And I got out of the habit, I think maybe around, I'm not sure exactly when, but it became where you had to jump through a bunch of hoops up in New York to do it yeah. and testing and getting retested. And, and I saw so I, I kind of got shied away from, but I'm going to start doing that again, just in general, just to do it. But I, I, I am going to find out about that as well. So, um, you know, another. I, I, oh, go ahead. Good. Uh, well, another thing I was going to touch on, but if you want to make a point, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just going to, you know, we're talking about food and the direction we're going in with health and all these other things. And uh, I just happened to uh, read an email from Joel Salatin, and he was talking about Kroger right now. I haven't seen this on the news. I didn't, um, I didn't scroll a lot of traditional news this morning, and I ignored it all weekend. But I guess Kroger, the, it, the opening line says, by now you've no doubt seen the plethora of press releases from Kroger saying they have the first carbon neutral eggs in the country. What does that even mean? They, they claim, I, was just ask you, I, I know, that, what, what does that, that mean? even mean? They claim that they're now growing eggs in these giant hen houses and it is carbon neutral. They're, they're not hurting the environment at all is kind of what carbon neutral is supposed to mean. But uh, there's so much that goes into this. Are they really carbon neutral? And does that even matter? It, we need to ask that. Does carbon neutral well, really matter? And if it is, how do we measure it? How do I, we get to it? But here's, let me get to the worst part of this story, because that isn't the part that bothers me. Here's the part that bothers me. In order to get to this carbon neutral with their chickens, 
Listen to this. While these birds are surely happier than the ones in confinement battery cages, the main claim is that they lay eggs with net zero environmental cost. The real kicker is that they eat waste food, bakery waste, slaughterhouse wastes, broken pasta, candy. That's what they're feeding these things. So they're, they're basically claiming they're recycling all this junk food that would have been bad for the environment if we had to dispose of it. Now we'll just feed it to the chickens. You know, and I was just about to make the point that if you really want carbon neutral, do what Joel Salatin does with his electric fencing and having the birds clean up after the cows. That, that if we actually knew how to measure all this stuff, my guess is that the way Joel Salatin does it isn't carbon neutral. It's carbon positive or negative or whichever. Right. Well, that's what it, I mean. It, it, it's yeah, better yeah, yeah, than yeah. just neutral. We don't want to. Why do we want to be just neutral? Right. Why, don't we, why don't we want to be positive? You know, I don't want to be average. I want to be above but, yeah. average. So, yeah. It, and Most of these claims are buzzwords, unfortunately. Exactly. Right. You know, and that's, you know, um, that's, that's really where we've gone. You know, like, well, look, if you, if you just take two steps back, that, that Sam Bankman free with FTX, he even, he even said this, the part that you're not supposed to say out loud. I did all the platitudes so they'd like me and leave me alone. <laughs> right. He did didn't you, believe any. He didn't believe did you, anything uh, he donated to. He just said every said all the right phrases and all the right things, and everyone left him alone and donated that, to the right people. That's the definition of a sociopath. Yes. That they, oh yeah. They they don't. Oh, yeah. They have to mimic normal human behavior. They're they're not yeah. they're not doing it because they feel like it's the right thing. They're doing it because they look around and see that it gets you ahead. Yes, yes. Did you see Tucker yeah. Carlson yeah. did a uh, an hour long documentary on that? Did you see what he titled it? I was I, I yeah yes yeah, uh, scam <laughs> bankrupt fraud. <laughs> I was I was try, I I started I started trying to watch it and then I got sidetracked at the house. But I, that's one of those I want to definitely watch. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> that's, so that's Sam, awesome. Sam, that is awesome. Sam Bankman Freed is the guy's name, and they named the documentary yeah. Scam Bankrupt Fraud. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. I know. He is good. He is good. Didn't I come on the show a couple times? Am I open and warn people about cryptocurrencies? Yeah, well, you know, he really—it wasn't really a crypto. It was—it was a crypto exchange. Same thing, though. So, and he back. Well, he backed it. He backed it with an FTX coin, of course. Yeah. So it was—it was part of crypto, but yeah, it's a. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. It's a bunch of stuff that the average person should just ignore. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the people that bought that bought Bitcoin at a dollar and 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 went up to sixty five thousand if they had the wherewithal to sell, they're they're billionaires. But other than that, who who could who could fix this stuff? Yeah, a lot more people lost money than made money. No doubt about that. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. Not even close. But the other thing I wanted to other thing I wanted to t- touch base was, which is which is real world experience, is your alcohol and HRV and how bad it is. So I went up to New York last weekend and 
I did myself in like I normally do. And I went to the local local pub I used to hang out in, of <laughs> yep. course. Stayed there way too long, way too late, and drank way too much. Well, I was down, my body battery was down to 15 when I got home on Monday afternoon. And that was after sleeping. <laughs> right. You know. Right. Relatively, relatively long, you know, seven, seven hours, eight hours. Um, I got my body battery. Now this was, well, not this past weekend. It was the weekend before. So I'm a week, I'm a week now back in Texas today. Um, so I worked, I didn't do anything. I I didn't work. Uh, I worked, but I didn't work long days, but I didn't do anything physical until Friday. I didn't do any stress protocol. I did some breathing and I, I did the uh, sauna. I think it was Wednesday, but then I, but I, I couldn't get over 30 on my body battery. <laughs> eating well. <laughs> I know. Eating well. And, and my HRV is still unbalanced. It, it's still low. and un, It was low, but now it's low. Now it's just unbalanced. Right. There's almost nothing but, I find that helps this. Once you've screwed up, it's just time. And it takes a lot of time to yes. get back to normal again from one drinking event. Right. Well, I finally got my body battery in the 70s on Saturday and the 80s on Sunday. And I only had four and a half hours sleep last night because I, I was so wired just from energy. Yeah. I couldn't fall asleep and I had to get up at 2 a.m. this morning. So I got about four and a half hours, maybe five hours worth of sleep, but it wasn't even good sleep. But my body battery today is low, but I, I know why because right. I just didn't get enough time to read to recuperate well, that, but so it took it took a good seven days and three days i did the stress protocol and it and it finally got where my hrv is still unbalanced at 27 and my body battery was up in the low 80s sunday morning yeah just a kind of an example over the holidays and i i mentioned this that i kind of mimicked my old, old pattern of drinking during the holidays. I was actually drinking like a glass or two of wine every night through the holidays. You know, I took two long weekends and we didn't really work on projects during that couple of weeks. So I, I kind of went back to a, a, a kind of the way I used to drink a glass of wine while I'm making dinner, a glass of wine with dinner. My HRV, when I was working, remember when I fixed my sleep and, uh, you know, I, I really, really focused yep. on it right before I traveled. I had gotten my HRV up into the 50s. During those two weeks nice. of a little bit of alcohol every night, either one or two glasses of wine, my HRV dropped into the low 30s in two weeks yeah. and was completely unbalanced. I, that's crazy yeah. how bad that is and how much of an impact that was and then to try to build back from that now again i'm still testing a lot of ideas and theories around stress and what really works better i mean i have the protocol 90 percent done everything in the protocol works now it's a matter of tweaking right. what works better what works when you get yourself to this place where you're just totally run down because that's that's usually when people want us to help them when it's gotten so bad yeah. that they're they're run down. Oh, speaking of which, you know, we call that adrenal fatigue, right? And it's technically not yes. 
not totally correct, but it kind of gives us an idea of what's going on. Guess where they just found the spike protein? In your adrenal glands. Yep. Yep. Wow. They sure have. Yeah. So. Um, wow. Now I'm down to tweaking, you know, different scenarios. When somebody totally crashes their body battery in their HRV, how do we get back out of it? Because I, I've determined with myself and a couple people I'm working with, you get to that point, even the physical stress protocol can be too much. As easy as it is. Right. It can be too much. It just keeps wearing you out. You can't get out of that. So I, I'm, I'm kind of tweaking what order do you do things in. And the adaptogens are playing a big part of this. I think we have to do the adaptogens first. I think we can do some of the other supplements okay. second as a second step. Um, third, maybe bringing in those physical stress protocols after a couple weeks of not doing them because we, we kind of sometimes we got to build up slowly. I am testing two devices like headsets, basically, that use sound and light and other things to impact our um, nervous system. And um, I, I was able with the adaptogens only and the devices, no supplements right now, just the adaptogens and the devices. I've brought it from the low 30s and unbalanced in, in just about two or three weeks. I've brought it to the high 40s and balanced. Wow. So now... That's now, this week, I'm going to add in the physical stress protocol starting today. And my guess is by next week, I'll be back up to the mid to high 50s where I was. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, definitely keep. So I'm, I'm not ready that. to um, identify these devices yet. And I will say this they're a little pricey. Um, one of the devices is about $750. The other one is a right. monthly subscription. Like you have to license um, the technology. Okay. And there's actually, I know this is going to sound bizarre, but there's actually a sticker you put on your the inside of your wrist that it they call it a, a bioprocessing disc. This, this thing actually receives a signal and that's it it's affecting your nervous system through the nerves there in your arm the other devices are like headsets and you know they're using light and sound so i'm i'm exploring a couple different technologies both of them seem to be working in that just using them and, and they're really easy you just lay there i mean most of the time that i do these right. sessions i fall asleep i mean i do you know sometimes i'll do a morning session I usually don't fall asleep then. My afternoon session, I almost always fall asleep. I, I do like 40 minutes and I probably sleep 30 of it. And I usually need it because I haven't got enough sleep at night. So the nap's kind of nice. But th <laughs> these things aren't hard. They're not uncomfortable. Right. They're not hard. You just kind of right. lay there. And, and if you're tired enough, you'll doze off and it doesn't matter. It still works. Um, so... They're a little on the pricey side, but I think if you get yourself to that point where you're just totally wiped out, these are probably the quickest way back. 
All right. Uh, on on the adaptogen, the, the Four Sigmatic products mainly, um, the creamers. Yeah. Now, they come with a very small scoop in them. Now, one of those scoops is, is enough? Or... <laughs> no, not even close. I don't know what the hell that little scoop is for. I put like tablespoons of that stuff in my drink. I put like okay. a I was just wondering about that. I'm like, now, as a matter of fact, the creamer has less <laughs> than most of the other products. It's kind of just like a little add-on, a little okay. kicker. You know, you're, okay. here's kind okay. of the way to look at this. The elixirs have the highest level of mushroom in it. So the elixir is where you're getting the real numbers from. The coffee has some, okay. the creamers have some, the chocolate has a tiny little bit, but it's those elixirs. Okay. So that's why most of my recipes include like the one of the cacao, you know, that has reishi okay. or right. lion's mane or whatever. And then I throw an elixir in to really kick up the numbers. Okay. Okay. So, so your best, best getting the elixirs if you're going to get anything. That's where you, you to, almost have to, to add the elixirs to get enough adaptogens in here to make a difference. See that that's where I was messing up before. I knew adaptogens worked. There's there's too much research for these things not to work. They've been around for a million years. They work. I knew they worked. Right. Except I, I would drink, you know, a mushroom coffee here and there and I'd go like, you know, I know this stuff's supposed to work, but I'm really not seeing any major difference. And that was true of all adaptogens right. that I tried. What I was missing is I didn't realize the kind of doses you have to get. You know, eating some mushroom chocolate now, here or there, or, you know, a cup of mushroom coffee once in a while certainly isn't going to hurt you, but you're not going to notice anything. Once I got into, you know, really good numbers, really loading up on this stuff, then you'd start to see the changes. And it happens quick. So you just if, have to get the, the if amount. You're having, so if you're having a cup of, say, the chill every afternoon or evening, you're going to get some benefits, but not enough to really show or you may not. Over, if you're having it every night. Yeah. If you're you, having it every night, would you get more? Remember, everybody's different. How wiped out are you? Yeah, that's you, true. You know, so no, some people you. might go, oh, yeah. yeah, I just use the chill. I don't put an elixir in and I see the changes. Well, I didn't. I, right. I needed the add, add, I to add the elixir before I started seeing any real changes. Okay. Okay, that's that's interesting. And another thing, I know you had posted something a while back. Uh, I missed the show, and I never went back to hear when Dr. Wolfson was on about copper. And you had that one supplement that they uh, someone had posted, or maybe you posted. Um, the uh, I, I had looked at that. Now, what 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 do you normally do? Like a, a teaspoon of that a day, or is it the the liquid copper? You mean? Are you even looking at that? Yeah, that liquid copper that you guys posted a little while back. Yeah, I, you just take the, the recommended dose. I forget what it is. That, that one, you just take whatever dose is recommended on the bottle. And then we also have to make sure we're getting enough zinc uh, to balance it out. We were using the Bulletproof Copper with Zinc, um, but I, after learning enough about copper, I realized that probably the copper in that one isn't being absorbed all that well. So the, uh, okay. the the one we posted is the recommended so, copper, but you just take whatever the recommended dose is. Right, and then you would have. Would you still take the bulletproof zinc? Sure. Or would you, you take, take any any zinc? any zinc would be fine. 
any, any good quality. Okay. Okay. I don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, something from right. biotics right. or yeah, I know yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Right, right, right. I got you. I got you. All right, cool, cool, cool. So that's uh, that's really interesting about these headsets and stuff. Um, I I'm using a light every morning. Uh, the uh, the sauna light, the sauna space light. My happy um, light. I get up. That's my happy light. I'll tell you, I. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoy it. I, I when I'm working out, I'll I'll take my shirt off. It's not that attractive right now, but you know, I take my <laughs> shirt off and I get all of that yeah. all that light on me. Um, you know, so I get more skin, uh, you know, um, exposure, you know, to yeah. it. That, I um, I do have to buy so, another one though. You wore but, that one out? No, Lisa figured out how well it works and how every time I go to look for my light, <laughs> she's got it somewhere. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's one thing I haven't, I haven't had yet. My, my wife looks at me and says, no way. She won't do any of that stuff. I said, you should go in the sauna blanket. She says, absolutely not. I got out of the sauna blanket Sunday morning. And for some reason it was just some days it doesn't feel as hot. I know it is, and then some days, boy, I'll tell you, I come out of there just dripping. Isn't it and weird Sunday how... Sunday was one of those mornings. Isn't it weird how some days you yeah. just can't get your body to sweat, and other days within minutes well, of getting in there, I'm just dripping. And I, I, you know, the logical thing would be, well, maybe you were dehydrated when you couldn't sweat, and... and I don't think that's the case, though. I mean, I know how to check my hydration, and there are days where, man, I can just... Yeah barely get a little bit of sweat going at the end and there are other days where within right. the first 10 minutes the sweat is just rolling off me yeah i i mean I, I usually come out i have a little perspiration on 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 my legs you know and i yeah you know, i have to do some cleanup in the blanket don't get me wrong but sunday oh my god it was it was a waterfall i was like now from what I, I you know so i came out of the from what I gather, because I've been very on and off with all of this over the last couple of years. I'll do it for a week, then I don't do it for three, then I'll do it for three and not do it for one. And I'm just, I've just been all over the board, stopping, starting, trying different things. So I haven't been consistent over a long period of time with any of this yet. So what I've gathered from people that I've, I've talked to about this is the more you do the sauna, the better your body gets at sweating. And they say at some point, every time you get in, you'll just sweat like that. Well, you know, there has to be something to that because Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I did the protocol. And I had mild sweat Friday and Saturday. Sunday, like I said, I came out of the room and my shirt was literally stuck to me. Yeah. And I said to my wife, how about a hug? And she looked at me and she says, get the <laughs> hell away from me. Don't even come near. <laughs> now the, uh, one guy that I'm, I'm working with in the background, it, well, actually, it's the CEO of Sauna Space, um, the company that makes this okay. light we're talking about. Um, right. You know, I, I had, I've had long conversations um, with him about this. And, and the research tends to show that to get, you know, we talked about four minutes was the maximum benefit you're going to get out of the cold, the cold exposure, four minutes. Right. Really, you can go longer, but you're not getting much of a health benefit. The target we're shooting for on sauna 
in any kind of sauna, whether it's infrared, traditional, dry heat, steam, anything that gets us hot. Exercise can do the, all these same things. But what we're looking for is the, the maximum benefit comes in when you can raise your body temperature three degrees, which is a lot, and sweat wow. off a pound of liquid. When you can sweat off a pound of liquid and raise your body three degrees, you have maximized the benefits of the sauna. So what would you, I guess you'd use a regular, uh, like an oral thermometer, right? Correct. Yep. Get your temperature prior yeah. and then after. Yep. And then I guess just a basic, just your basic just weighed, house weigh scale yourself. to yep. see if you, yeah. Just, That's it. Yeah. I'm going to do that because I'm, I'm off tomorrow. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the blanket tomorrow. So I'm going to do that. Yeah, you know, I um, and and see if that so I if have because I usually do forty minutes. Yeah, in, I the, have in the sauna blanket, multiple sauna setups. You know, because I've been testing all these, and I've got blankets, I've got the tents, I've got the tunnels you lay down in, I've got different infrared right. generators. the The best combination I have right now, uh, and we're getting ready to build um, a sauna space at home. So I have, a, I have an area when we built the biohacking lab, the addition, um, we have an area that we were right. going to put a sauna into, you know, one of the cabinet saunas. And we were going to get right, it. Right. Sunlight and was the name of the company. It's actually the company Dr. Wolfson works with. They make these beautiful, you know, cedar cabin, cabinet style, and it was going to fit right into this kind of opening we had left in the bathroom. I don't know where we went wrong in this. We we changed the design on a countertop and didn't think to check it. And it's an inch too big and the sauna won't fit anymore. And I'd have to alter my countertop, oh, which I could do. But once I found sauna space and they sell you all the components, um, a really good friend of mine's a master carpenter. He's working on one of our rooms now. Um, he's just going to, we're going to, put the sauna space light bulbs in there, the, these amazing light bulbs. And we're going to figure out, you know, they have a formula, how much square feet, how many light bulbs do you need to raise the temperature up this much? And um, you can work this out. So a 20 minute session and we'll hit these targets. So I, I'm getting ready to, to build one, but I've, I have all these that I, you know, test and try. And my setup right now was a, far infrared tent style where you sit on a chair inside of it and it kind of zippers up around your neck. So your head is out and your body's in this and you're sitting on a chair and they have far infrared generators in there. I took that setup and then put my sauna space light inside. What a difference. Okay. That that alone was enough to get me to the three degrees and I can lose a pound of water in 20 minutes. Wow. Wow. I know. Remember you telling me the story when you put your, or telling someone the story when you, when you put your head inside the tent and you almost passed out. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. That was I, it, crazy how hot it is in there. But if your head's out, it, it, and the other thing, um, doing the breathing, when I first thought of this idea, I thought, oh, my God, that's going to be so uncomfortable. But it turns out it's the opposite. 
I don't know. The breathing either changes your body temperature, and he talks about that. So that may be a little part of it. Maybe it's just that you're occupied counting your breaths and all that. But if I do the breathing in there, there's almost no discomfort from the heat. Right. You know what I found the most irritating thing yeah, of no, the whole I, thing I, is? That's what I do, to, too. I, to, I, did, put the, I the did the breathing unco- in the blanket also. Yeah, you know what the most uncomfortable part of the whole thing is? Towards the end, the last five minutes or so, the sweat running down my head and my face is the most aggravating thing. I don't know why I don't just think to wear a headband. Because <laughs> that's like the most aggravating part. The sweat's just running down my face, and it's just annoying. Yes, yes. Yes. You know, I, <clears throat> you know, because I'm by myself, I have towels all over the place too, because I do, I, I do sweat naturally. You know, if I'm just sitting around, I'm, I'm going to sweat in the heat, but, um, getting my arm out to reset right. <laughs> when I'm on right. my breath hold is yeah. such a pain in the ass. <laughs> oh no, I know. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I get all in there, tucked in there, and then all of a sudden I got to get out. I know. Oh, God. Yeah. All right, Fred, good stuff. I'm going to move along. Uh, I am getting ready to grab my final call on the board here, so I will hang out. It is a free-for-all if you want to jump in. If there's something you want to talk about, pick up the phone and join me, 855-950-950. Three eight three five. We're off to California this time. Jeremy, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. What's on your mind today? Um, oh, uh, well, real quick about that. That the heat is that um, is that to you know the heat lamps is that to uh, get ourselves to sweat out toxins, potential the, toxins. The idea of sauna, let's not even use infrared sauna right now. Let's just use sauna. Sauna has been around a long, long time. You know, the um, uh, Finland. Yeah, the cedar, the cedar woods. Yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. And they use, you know, heaters in there and stones and there's dry heat and moist heat and steam rooms. And we get all of the same benefits of sauna no matter what the the method of sauna is so the benefits that we get from heat is basically the sweating it's the detox from deep inside sweating is one of our major detox pathways so when we sweat that is one of the major benefits of sauna and it doesn't matter what causes you to sweat so whether it's exercise And this is one of the reasons exercise has benefits. Just the sweating alone helps us detox. But you don't have to go... I can't sweat it. Yeah, you don't have to. Now we we find that (laughs) just just getting hot enough to sweat works. So in that sense, an infrared sauna is no different than a traditional Finnish sauna. They get you hot and you sweat and that detoxes us. Now we can go to the secondary benefits of the infrared saunas. That's the light itself. That light is what we call biologically active. It, it, it works with our body and affects our body and changes our body. You wouldn't get that from a traditional Finnish sauna or a steam room. or So there, there's multiple benefits to infrared 
but there's nothing magical about how infrared gets us hot. Any way we can get hot and sweat will help us detox. Oh, okay. So, well, and let's, uh, I usually lose one to up to three, you know, pounds when I sleep. You know, I don't know if I'm getting hot. And then, um, no, you're not. On, yeah, oh, okay. Because no, on average, I no, yeah. Think of your body. Your body's like a little factory. And it's a factory that one yeah. runs 24 hours a day. It never shuts the doors and turns the power off. If it did, you'd be dead. As long as we are yeah. creating energy, then we're going to lose weight. I, I can tell you exactly oh, okay. how much. I, because when I wrestled, you know, you were hyper-focused on your weight. For me, from if I weigh myself around 6 o'clock in the evening and I don't eat anything, and I get up at 6 o'clock in the next morning, pretty consistently I lose mm-hmm. two pounds overnight. Yeah, okay. But that has yeah, nothing okay. to do with, with sweating. You right. Pro- you know, you, okay. ev- you okay. evaporate out some water while you sleep. You're probably not sweating much. Um, but really, okay. y- you are using up that energy um, your brain is very active overnight, and our brain, even though it's a very small part of our body, uses 25% of our energy, and your brain is really active at night. Yeah, I won't be able to probably sweat till I start working out outside in the summer again, right. but and working yeah. around the house outside, but... Uh, uh, with all that's a lot of craziness in the world going on, at least we have barbecue. That's right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I know I've talked about uh, you know the, the the offset smokers and you know and add, you know you having to add a log, which you got you have the pellet. I just was curious, have you ever had uh, um, the kettle type, like the green egg or the Kamado Joe style? A, a, a small one. Yeah, I, I understand, and I okay. want I do want another one. I mean, that is one of the things when, when I get around to kind of building our outdoor kitchen, which we. We haven't really started yet, but when I do, it will include one of those types of grills. Yeah, I really like them. Oh, they, yeah, I was going to say, you, you can fill up the coal basket, you know, with hard lump, you know, real lump coal and uh, just light a little, you know, a little fire right. starter in there. And, and I've got, I've got the kettle, Joe, it's made out of the, you know, aluminum, probably like the, uh, the, Weber kettles, but it's shaped like the, like the, you know, the right. egg, you know, right. but, uh, it's, it's, it was, uh, you have the price, but still, I mean, it's got great results, but, and it'll go, it can go six hours without even looking at it. Yeah. And, uh, those, I'm sure if you had a, cer- a ceramic one can go, you know, 24 to 50 hours I've heard, but I swear it's like, it produces great barbecue. But anyway, I was just wondering, recommending it. Yeah, no, I it, it it's on my list. I've I've cooked with them before. I've never owned the full size, but uh, it, it's part of my plan for the outdoor kitchen. Yeah, the the kettle Joe is pretty nice because you can it, you you add the uh, kind of comes with the slow roller, the the smoker type, the heat deflector plate. Right. Uh, for the price, you can do you know grill too. So, all no, right. I, I like oh, them. oh, and so. All right, and I, I got the hot honey. Um, we we tried it on the wings, and it was it was great. And uh, I've got more sitting there at the house. But uh, um, anyway, you can 
what would you do for barbecue sauce with that um, hot honey? I'll tell you exactly what you do. Uh, so I, okay. I I have my own barbecue sauce recipe that I've kind of put out. You know, no real measurements, just ingredients, and then you mix it till you like it. And then once okay. I do that, I make a big batch of it and I can it. Then what I do is when I I don't want to put the hot honey in before I can it. Because remember, the hot honey right. is fermented, and you know we yes. don't want to mess with that. So once I yeah. open one of my jars that have been canned and they're now shelf right. stable, then, then I just yeah. add hot honey to it, and it is it makes okay. the the best barbecue sauce I've ever tasted. All right, I, I've got a bunch of I do have a batch of barbecue, my own barbecue sauce too, so. Uh, just, I'm do it. just add some hot honey to it. You will be amazed. All right. So like a, a pint jar? What would you add? What, two tablespoons or, uh, or just as you a, go? You know, I just squeeze it in and taste. But now that I think about it, it probably yeah. was just about two tablespoons that I put into a pint. I'll bet that's pretty close. All right. And did you do anything, right, with, the, you, did you do anything with the peppers? Oh. Uh, yeah, I did. I, um, I, the, the one batch that I, uh, have got and I kept the peppers that, that made it, you know, last time I had a problem, but, uh, and I've got like four full jars, uh, fermenting now when I left the house, but the one that came out, yeah, I, uh, I blended them with, um, I made like a green, um, uh, sauce. sauce. Yeah. Hot sauce. Yeah. Yeah. I, I put onions, garlic, um, tomatillo. Oh yeah! Aren't the flavors and, crazy? And, uh, you, you get like flavors yeah, I've never we were, tasted before. Uh, yeah, we had those coconut uh, chips. We just kept eating them, and then uh, yeah. and, and then we had those molds, those ice cube molds, and we put them in there and froze it. I don't know if that's gonna oh interesting be good later, but I don't know. We just didn't. Yeah, interesting. Well, I don't I don't know that you need to freeze it. I mean, that hot sauce probably oh, shelf okay. stable forever. Might mine's just. I put mine in. Oh, really? Actually, okay. I actually bought a case, several cases of hot sauce bottles, empty hot sauce bottles. Uh-huh. And I just fill them all up. Yeah, I put up vinegar and, in there, too. So that would, Yeah, put a little yeah. vinegar in. That makes it even more shelf-stable. And I just filled up a bunch of hot stuff uh, jars, stuck them down in the okay. basement pantry. And when I need hot sauce, I just go down and grab a jar. Okay. You know what I was, maybe I thought, I don't know, maybe because I had added a little avocado and maybe I thought it would get, mm, you know. I don't, I don't think it should. I don't know. I, I think they should be, it, as long as you check the pH, they may be shelf stable without the vinegar, you know, because it is fermented. We have good bacteria in there, but just to be safe. And wow. the vinegar actually improved the flavor. So I like the vinegar in there. Right. So a little bit of vinegar. I got the I pH down to about three and a half. That should make it very shelf stable. And it seems to be. I've had it down there for months, and it's fine. Okay. Yeah. These were Serranos, so they were green. I just I don't know why I just added uh, the avocado. I want you know I've got habaneros going and um, uh, Fresno and jalapeno at yeah. the house. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to add avocado next time. I'm just going to. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll definitely. Yeah, uh, just bottle probably look it. in that book. Um, yeah, bottle it. I'll look in that book. Uh, the, the 
fermented, uh, what was it? Fiery ferments book. I'll look in that one. There you go. Try to co- add some stuff to it. Yep. Add the peppers to it. All right. Great talking to you. All right. Good talking to you. I think we're going to uh, wrap this up for the day. We have blown through all the calls. Uh, we're coming up on 1030. It's been a good day. Uh, what do we got going on this week? Let's see. Uh, Dr. Rob Abbott is going to be joining us on Wednesday. Dr. Abbott does a lot with um, blood work, um, blood analysis and, you know, using uh, testing for nutritional status and troubleshooting. So we'll be talking with Dr. Abbott on Wednesday. Tomorrow we have the Power Hour Thursday. I don't think we have any other guests this week. I am doing some uh, pre-recording this week. Um, I've got a ton of material to do a commentary. I may do that today uh, and get that posted. Friday's show is posted, by the way. I just got a, uh, a message from Aaron. He was able, see, we are prepared. We may be struggling with some technology issues, but we're, uh, we're doing the best we can to make sure you don't totally miss out on stuff. So we had to go all the way to plan C on Friday, uh, but it worked out. Aaron was able to grab a recording out of our phone system. Uh, our other two recordings failed and nobody was hearing us live, uh, but we did the show anyway. Aaron managed to grab it out of the phone system. So that should be live on the app. Um, what else? I think other than that, it's going to be a pretty normal week. We, I, Like I said, I'm doing some pre-recording. We are finishing up the mini series with... Uh, Sally Norton, um, the Oxalate miniseries. Uh, we're, we've got some recordings this week. We've got a couple more to do, and then we'll be releasing those soon. Uh, we've got some other miniseries we're working on in the background. All the projects are, are moving forward again. Um, the Hot Honey Project, I had some delays on with suppliers, Got to work through those. Uh, the stress protocol, we're really working now on how we're going to release this. We may release it as a summit. We may release it as a challenge. Speaking of summits, don't forget the 100-year heart. Um, we're kind of working with Dr. Wolfson on this. It's a big deal, seven days. Uh, lots of material, lots of doctors. We, we may... I want to see how this one goes. We may explore doing a summit around stress and release our stress protocol during a summit and then bring in other practitioners as well. So uh, we're going to wait and see how this 100-year heart summit goes. There's another reason I'm going to really encourage you to go sign up for this too. I want to be, I, I not me, I want Destination Health to be the number one referrer for this program. When we do that, I'm telling you, when we do that, we open up lots of new partnerships and possibilities. So we have an awesome tribe and I want to use the power of our tribe. And this is one of the ways we can do it. Also, the more people that sign up and go through this, 
we'll be able to get more feedback. Do you like this format? Is this a good format? And if it is, we may release the stress protocol as a summit. It's a really, really big program. When I put it all together, that's why I'm struggling with it. Um, all the materials basically done. There's a little bit of testing and tweaking that will probably never end. Just because we release a protocol doesn't mean I stop working on them. I, I work on them all the time. Uh, but this one's big. So we're, we're just trying to, we're getting to the point where we need to figure out how and when we're going to roll this thing out. Um, I haven't heard about uh, Friday yet. I'll let you know as soon as I know what we're doing on Friday. All right, we're going to wrap this up. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.